Do you struggle with knowing your purpose in life? Feel that you haven't been given a mission or a mission field because you haven't been sent off into some foreign land that doesn't have running water? Well, I'm here to debunk that belief today. Welcome to the Dream Launcher Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Ferrara. It's time to turn your dream into bold action. Let's turn your passion into an authentic and profitable business that reflects who you are at your core. Welcome to the Dream Launcher Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Ferrara. Let's start today by defining mission field. It might be a term that you're familiar with and it may not. And so I figured, let's start by what is a mission field? Well, if you grew up in church, you have probably heard this particular scripture. You're probably very familiar with it. And it is Matthew 9, 37 through 38, where Jesus is telling his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Most of us are taught through that scripture that we are the workers. And our mission is to go out into the world to harvest. Farmers harvest in their fields. Thus the term mission field. This is often preached about missions and sending congregants off to far off countries where people have never heard the gospel of Christ. Your mission field, though, is where you have been sent by God to harvest through proclaiming the good news of the gospel and serving those in need. So where is your mission field? Over the years, I have prayed about this a lot. Every time that a new mission trip is announced at my church, I ask God if I'm supposed to go. He has yet to send me on any of those trips yet, though. But he has sent me into the world of business. I began coaching because God gave me a business plan back in 2015 as a business coach. It was a whole plan of how to do business coaching. I didn't even know what business coaching was at the time. So I definitely knew that this was not my idea, that it was God's idea. He was speaking to me and telling me what he wanted me to do, how he wanted me to serve his people. Have you ever considered your work, your office, your school, the local coffee shop, the grocery store to be God's mission field? To be that place where he sent you to shine his light, to be his hands and feet in the world, to be the example of moral and upright living, integrity, compassion, grace, and mercy. I believe that wherever our foot treads, that is our mission field. Because as Christians, it is our mission to connect others to Christ for their salvation and then disciple them on how to live a life with Christ, a life life dedicated to Christ. I challenge you to make your business, your work, and your creative endeavors your mission field. Consider each of those your actual ministry in life. You don't have to evangelize from the office to make your work your ministry. You really don't. It's not um, swivel chair Christianity. I'll put it that way. But you can impact the life of a customer or even a coworker by your actions and the way that you serve them. And sometimes you will get that holy nudge, that compulsion to reach out and offer to pray for someone or Maybe the Holy Spirit will just give you some godly wisdom to share 
to someone who seems to be struggling or is in pain. Those are moments of mission. And because we were created for community, we weren't meant to do this life alone. We were created to work and serve and help and be with other people. We actually have a deep desire for connection with others. And it started with our deep, intimate relationship with God in the Garden of Eden. After Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they were banished from his presence. But our souls still long for that connection to be whole. They are only made whole when we are reconciled to God through our belief in Jesus Christ, the only Messiah. We were designed to live in community. And that pull that our soul has back to God lives in each one of us, whether we believe yet or not in Jesus Christ. We're all trying to fill that empty void that was created through the fall. As I said, we were designed to live in community, a community where our unique gifts given to us by God were meant to serve and to be shared with others. When we share them, we build up the whole community, the whole body of Christ. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. What is your unique gift that you bring into your work, no matter where you are working or what kind of work you are doing? There is something that always shines through because it is your gift given to you by God. And where were you meant to shine God's light? In John 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples, which as a believer and follower of Christ applies to you too. Jesus prays in John 17, 14 through 18. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to this world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. This is where the phrase, I am in this world, but not of this world, comes from. Have you ever heard that phrase? But did you notice that Jesus is clear that he is sending us into the world? We may want to isolate. We want, may want to try to stay away from it, but we can't because he sent us there. He wants us to be out in the world, shining his light and sharing his message of good news, his message of love and compassion, of grace and mercy. We can't do it if we're held up in our house and we're only surrounded by others who believe exactly like we do. As you spend time in the presence of God, you can't help but become more like Christ. That is where we are taught. It is where we are taught his truth and we are made holy in his truth. Then we are to take that truth out into the world. What does that look like from a practical sense? I think for a lot of Christians, they almost have a Jesus switch. When you are at church, you talk the talk, you walk the walk. Maybe in your small group, your home group. You share what God's doing in your life. Maybe you share some revelation that you received in your quiet time or through the Sunday's sermon. In your quiet time at home, you read your Bible, you do a devotional, you pray, and then you go to work. 
And as soon as you get on that park into that parking lot, as soon as you close the door to your car, having sung all of your worship music on the way in, you flip the Jesus switch off and you step into the world. In hallway and break room conversations, you talk about your kids. Maybe you share a great recipe that you tried this weekend. You share frustrations with a coworker or about a coworker or about your boss, but you're sharing it with another coworker, your cubicle bestie. But you never mention church. You never talk about that revelation that you got in your quiet time or maybe offer to pray for a coworker. Maybe someone who's really struggling. They're sharing in the break room how they're struggling in life and you just quietly listen. And there's something to that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what if you offered to pray for them in that moment? Separation of church and work. Oh, but is that how God really wants it? Is that being in the world, but not of the world? Is that really shining his light into the world, into the darkness of society? No, no, it is not. Because the Jesus switch is securely in the off position. Imagine a world, though, where every Christian, every Holy Spirit-filled believer lived every moment of every day with the Jesus switch permanently in the on position. It doesn't mean that every sentence you speak is an eloquent sermon or that every conversation that you have includes Jesus or that the name of Jesus is mentioned every time you open your mouth. That's not what I'm saying here. But what it does mean is that your demeanor, your actions, the way you react to others or your challenges in life, your very presence speaks of what you believe, who you believe, and it comes across very different to those around you. It's just not the same. Your very presence shows that there is something different about you. I'm recording this episode on November 12th, 2023. And during prayer on November 4th, I received this message from the Holy Spirit. You may have already heard it on TikTok or on Instagram. But this is what I clearly, clearly heard. Pray for the mission fields of this church. Pray for those that are local, ministries with the, within the church and those outside of the church walls. Pray for those in foreign lands. Pray for more people to hear my call to go. I need more laborers in the field. Don't forget about the schools and places of work. Everywhere your foot treads is my mission field. As you go, you are on mission. Where you go is my mission field. My name is to be spoken and the good news proclaimed wherever you go. How exactly can we carry out that mission, though? Sometimes it's as simple as asking someone, can I pray for you? A few months ago, I went with a group of ladies to the local farmer's market. We were there to evangelize. And to be honest, um, <laughs> we were all a bit, like a bit nervous probably more than a bit nervous. We were quite uncomfortable. We had never done this before. <laughs> we were all thinking like, what are we supposed to do? 
So we spent some time and we walked around the farmer's market and we looked at the different vendor booths and kind of took some time to get up our courage. Finally, one of the ladies got up the courage to ask a gentleman at one of the the vendor booths, he was selling vegetables, how can we pray for you? We want to pray for you. Can we pray for you? And he graciously accepted our prayers, but asked that we not pray at his booth. We honored his request and we went ahead and we stepped back several feet and we gathered in a circle and we prayed for him. And as we all kind of chimed in with our different parts of the prayer, I continually heard in my head, so into his business, go so into his business. So as we wrapped up our prayer, I walked back over to the table and nobody was there. It was empty. I mean, there was vegetables there, but they were busily putting them up because the market was actually about to close. And so, but there was nobody at his table. And there was a lady there too, whether as wife or mother, I'm not quite sure. But I talked to her a little bit and I was looking at the cherry tomatoes. And I remember like, oh, I love cherry tomatoes. They are some of my favorites. They remind me of my grandmother. And so I decided to buy a quart of cherry tomatoes. And I was looking and trying to decide which ones. And she was looking for the perfect ones. She was looking for um, a quart that had ones that looked perfectly round and, and they looked perfect. Well, there was another court kind of to the side. There were different shapes and some were bigger, some were smaller, some were oblongs, you know, all that. And so I decided to choose the imperfect court. (laughs) I said, let me get this one. I want that one. They're not all perfect. And I like that. So I bought that court. It was only a few dollars, but I walked away. And as soon as I turned my back and walked back over to my friend's, They turned me around and they said, Stephanie, look. And as soon as I walked away, the whole table was flooded with people. It was like a magnet attracted all these people to it. I sewed into his business and what we had prayed to bless his business, to protect their family, to keep them safe and healthy and to protect them on their way home as they traveled home because they had come hours Um, I think it was like five or six hours that they had driven to be part of the farmer's market. As my friends turned me around, they said, look, they're like so busy now. They're going to sell out of all their stuff. That is an immediate answered prayer. And that has to do, there has to have been something there in that exchange of me going in faith and sowing into the business saying, let me just go buy a quart of tomatoes. That God said, I'm going to honor that and I'm going to bless his business like you asked. Isn't that amazing? And it all came from the courage of one of my friends just going up and saying, hey, we came here to pray for people. Can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? I moved to another booth and just kind of worked my way down and looked at a few different booths. And then I came across a booth that was selling fresh baked breads. And I stopped and was looking at which kind of bread might I want to buy. I wanted to kind of repeat the process. Let me sew into her business and then ask to pray for her. And so I was looking at the breads and we talked about the different kinds of breads and she told me a little bit about them. And then I chose to buy a banana nut bread. Actually, it wasn't a banana nut bread. It was a banana bread with chocolate chips. And we connected actually over that because over that choice, because both of us agreed that nuts do not belong in banana bread and that 
we have family members that all like to have the chocolate chips in the banana bread. So that is how we make it at our house as well. No nuts, but add chocolate chips a lot. <laughs> so, um, so after we, you know, connected with that, and then I purchased the banana bread, I simply asked her, can I pray for you? And you should have seen the smile on her face. I mean, she was looking down and she was putting my banana bread into a bag and I asked her, can I pray for you? And she looked up and she had the biggest smile and she said, nobody has ever asked me that. So before praying for her, I asked if there was anything specific that she wanted me to pray for. And of course she said, you know, for her business to be, to the business to pick up for it to be, you know, profitable and everything. And then she paused for a moment and she said, you know, I'm starting my second year of law school and I'm really anxious about this year. I have a lot of anxiety going into this year. I'm really worried that I'm not going to be able to study well for the test and I'm not going to do well on the tests. And then, you know, at the end of the year, there's the bar exam and I'm really, really nervous about that. And so after she shared that with me, I said, all right, let's pray about that. And she, she kind of didn't know what to do. She wasn't expecting what I was going to do or whatever. And so sometimes I'll like lay my hand on somebody's shoulder if I'm praying for them or whatever. And she kind of put her hands out and it's like, okay. So we held hands. And as I held her hands um, and I prayed for blessings over her business and that she would actually generate enough income, she shared that, that the business was helping pay for her tuition. So of course I prayed for the business to generate enough income to cover not just the expenses of the business and have some profit, but actually to be able to cover her tuition. And then I prayed for peace in her mind and in her body. And that as she studied, that she would have supernatural study capabilities to remember and recall what she had learned and what she had studied so that she would really do well on the test and that she would depend on the Holy Spirit during her test to help her with that recall, not just on the test throughout the two, two semesters coming up, but in the bar exam as well, because I don't know if I'm going to see her before then. So let's go ahead and pray all the way through the whole next year, right? And when I finished praying, I looked her in the eyes and I encouraged her with words from the Holy Spirit. And I cannot remember what those words were because they truly were from the Holy Spirit. They weren't for me. They were only for her. So I can't remember what I prayed at that point. But I just remember when I finished praying, her face was glowing. She was like beaming with joy and the relief you could just see was off of her shoulders and she hugged me and she thanked me for praying for her. Now, I could have just bought the bread, walked away and prayed quietly or to myself for her, but it wouldn't have done the same thing. It wouldn't have meant anything to her. She wouldn't have even known it. She, you know, could, she would have received the blessing and, and, and everything, but I would have known how to pray for her. I would have been praying very generically for her. But for her to be able to hear the prayer was so encouraging to her. And that's the same when somebody prays for me. It's encouraging for me to hear somebody's prayer over me and to hear the Holy Spirit fill their mouth with words that, you know, for prayers that I didn't ask for because the Holy Spirit knows. He knows. And so we're coming into agreement with the Holy Spirit on what that person needs when we pray for somebody. And I have to say, I have yet 
to run into somebody who has refused prayer. Now, that experience was fairly new for me in the farmer's market this summer, but it's not the first time that I've that I've had that compulsion to ask somebody if I could pray for them. But I have yet to say, say, I'm like, I cannot say that I have run into anybody that when I've asked, can I pray for you, that they have absolutely flat out said no. Because I believe that my mission field is everywhere that I go, I wake up in the morning and I ask God to use me. I ask him to allow my light to shine through me in whatever it is that I do. And I believe that he does, whether it is an, in like serious project meetings at work or it's at church in the discipleship program that I help lead. It's all him. I do it all for his glory. People notice when you are different from everybody else. And I don't mean in some crazy weird way different. I mean, they notice that your demeanor, that your, your being, your presence is different than those who are caught up in the world. People notice your joy, your peace. They notice the ease in which you live life and the ease in which you handle stressful situations. Because when you've got God, do you really have to worry? I mean, in reality, we still have those moments where we kind of start to worry, but then we realize, oh, wait, I can give this to God. I don't have to worry about this. I have somebody on my side. And that thing that they notice makes them wonder, how can I have what she has? How can I have that joy? I need that peace. How can I have that? And it can possibly open a door to that conversation, even at work or even from a client or an employee that notices something's different about you. So get out there and make the world your mission field. Even if you're just walking through the grocery store, talking to your best friend, or completing a sale with your newest customer, your actions speak for Jesus. So go out there and be on mission all the time. Is it time to turn your business into your mission field? Your next step is joining the Dream Launcher membership where you receive coaching, training, and the community that you need to succeed. From clarifying your vision to setting up your first website and gaining your first followers, we're doing business God's way within the Dream Launcher membership. Go to stephanieferrara.com to join the Dream Launcher membership today. That's stephanieferrara.com, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-F-E-R-R-A-R-A.com. I can't wait to meet you in there and pray with you and watch you grow. If you were encouraged or inspired by this episode, would you let me know? On YouTube, you can leave a comment. On the podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify, leave a review. This helps this message get out to more people who need that same encouragement and inspiration. And until next time, keep dreaming and growing with God.